Welcome to Callus at Home. We're so honored that you decided to join us today. Happy 4th of July weekend. I trust that you have a long weekend of some fun, some relaxing and connection. Um, but it is my honor to be actually wrapping up our foundation series. If you've missed any of it, I would encourage you to go back, grab it on the website uh, or the podcast. It's been a, just a fun series to really explore the basics of our faith and the foundation uh, to build on. In fact, today we're going to continue uh, building that foundation and I've actually entitled today's message, Greater Things. And we're gonna kinda unpack what it looks like to walk in miracles, signs, and wonders, and what that really means. And so, uh, before we jump into Acts chapter three, where we're gonna be kicking off this story, uh, I wanna give you a few things happening around the life of our church. In fact, we'll be back in person at the Bethesda next week at 9.30 and 11.15, as well as online. And then we also have a Kids Summer Blast kicking off on July 10th, when we're back in person for four consecutive weeks. It's going to be a fun carnival theme for the kids. It's gonna be a really exciting parents. And so definitely engage with your kids uh, on the next, the next four Sundays um, as they really look what it, what it means to have big top faith. Also, we have child dedications happening. If you have a baby or a young one, a child that has not been dedicated to the Lord as a church family, we'd love to do that. And you can sign up on the website as well. And lastly, Serve Day coming up. We have uh, three every year, and this is what we call our Summer Serve Day. It's happening at Fourth Presbyterian Church uh, on July 16th from 9 to 12 p.m. Uh, we're excited for the partnership with Fourth Presbyterian Church uh, off of River, River Road uh, in Bethesda, so not too far from where we meet today. So, without further ado, I really am excited about diving into this text in Acts chapter 3. Um, in fact, Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he had some parting words for them. And I think it was, they're important words. In fact, John 14, 12, he says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes, can you say that word with me, believes in me will do the work I have been doing, and they will do even greater things, because I am going to the Father. Significant what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, look, because I'm going to the Father, I'm going to deposit something in you, the power of my spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. How exciting is that to do even greater works than Jesus did. That is quite a mission. Excited about that because that message wasn't just for the disciples that he was talking to. That's for us today. In fact, there are 116 miraculous God-Jesus encounters captured uh, in the Word of God. And in fact, John 21-25 even alludes to the fact that not all of them were actually captured. Catch this. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And the power of God is in us, and it meets our natural circumstances in such a way, what I'm going to call, it's like, it's like glimpses of heaven invading earth. That is what I'm going to call this, this place, this breeding ground of miracles uh, in the earth. In fact, um, in learning how to pray and what it looks like on how to pray, Jesus' model for us, Matthew 6, 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth earth as it is in heaven. So when we experience the miraculous and just these God encounters is what I'll call them, it is really glimpses of heaven on earth. I hope and pray that your life will be marked 
by miracle signs and wonders, not because we seek them, but because you are living in such close relationship with God that we experience what God says. Hey, God's word says miracle signs and wonders will follow those who believe. You are a believing people, Catalyst Church. And I am excited that your life, it, you know, Jeremy talks about it all the time. We pray that your life doesn't make sense without God. We pray that it is much bigger and much more miraculous than you could ever do on your own because it testifies to the goodness of God in your life. So we're going to, before we jump into Acts chapter 3, I want to pray. Father, I ask you, God, that as we open your word in our homes and hotels and airports, wherever we're at, God, that you would encounter us, God, right where we're at. God, I ask you that you would make this word come alive a thousand different ways. God, you said that your word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. So that means, God, and we receive it, we believe that your word is just as true as when it was written as it is today in my hearing. And so, God, I ask you that you would meet people exactly where they're at, exactly in their circumstance, and give them a word from heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. You can read with me. One afternoon, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from, how, from those entering the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked directly at him, as did John, and he said, look at us said Peter. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Underline that, expecting to receive. But Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. Underline that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Taking him by the hand, underline that, Peter helped him up. And at once the man's feet and ankles were made strong. He sprang to his feet and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and leaping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, if we're going to talk about greater things, and I believe this man experienced the greater things through his encounter with Peter and John, um, we have to be full of the Holy Spirit and attuned to what is going on around us. I think there's actually a few ingredients, I'm going to call them ingredients today, um, that we can actually glean from this passage on how we can walk in the greater things. In fact, theologian John Lang actually describes miracles this way. Miracles are the furnishing evidence that God abides in true fellowship with his people. For the sake of this message, I will tell you, I am not a baker. I am not the baker in our family. In fact, my daughter is, and she is really amazing, actually, and she learned everything from her nana, so it definitely skipped a, and nanas, so it definitely skipped a generation. Um, but I've been learning from her, and what I've learned is that there are some, a few key ingredients that you need to have in your pantry at all times if you have a baker in your house like I do. Um, I've learned this so many times uh, over that now there's a couple ingredients I'm just going to 
to have on hand in bulk because I end up borrowing things from neighbors all the time and who wants to do that, right? And so I'm working on it. Um, but the first ingredient, if you will, and I've got a few illustrations with me to help me with this, um, is actually going to be, um, the first ingredient is to believe in faith. I'm going to call this the all-purpose flour. If you don't have flour, you are definitely not going to bake anything. Um, but this really, really symbolizes belief, belief. You know, Webster actually defines belief as the ability to accept something as evidence, true, genuine, or real. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. So in other words, if we don't believe in faith, it's kind of impossible to walk a life of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe. That's where it starts. How can we have faith if we don't believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him? We also know that faith is defined in Hebrews 1, 11, 1 as now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen. And so in other words, if you can see it with your natural eyes, it doesn't take a lot of faith, right? But when you believe in your heart, when you believe in your heart, it actually allows you to have the faith to believe for the things that you can't yet see. In fact, the evidence comes once you start believing and walking it out, and then you can actually see it. But before that, there's belief and there's faith. This particular miracle actually takes place at a gate called Beautiful. And this is actually located in the, the old Jerusalem, the temple. And it was actually destroyed by the Romans um, in AD 70. But before this happens, this beautiful gate is actually defined uh, in the Greek as happening or coming at the right time. That's what this gate is named. This was believed to be the gate where the greater public would actually enter the temple and worship. And it also literally means fair or lovely. So it's a, it's a literal beautiful gate, but it also represents kind of a readiness, if you will, a readiness to receive. And don't you love that? Coming into the house of God, uh, there's this readiness, right, this gate. But the interesting thing is that scholars actually believe that, it, that most scholars believe that it actually means more than it is lovely in its name is actually this, sim this symbolism that this door is actually a one of readiness. I am ready to encounter God. And so it's interesting and strategic that this man is sitting right at this gate, ready to receive an encounter of God that's going to change his life. And we have those encounters and those opportunities every day when we get to encounter the presence of God. If we will believe and live a life of expectation, which is also really important. This man came expecting to receive. You know, culturally speaking, I think there is an expectation. People are seeking answers. It's all around us, especially after a long time of sorrow. We have had worldwide sorrow. Uh, if you turn on the news at any point, um, it is filled with saga stories of all the things happening, not only in our nation, but in the world. We've got global pandemics that are still lingering and hurting other places more than it is here, just in the United States. Uh, wars, rumors of wars, of course, and economic inflation. Uh, we, could, we could lay out a list of all the things that, that's being impacted and making it and harder for people. Um, and so after long times of sorrow, of course, people are positioned for hope more than ever before. 
But the thing, just like this man came looking for money, which wasn't going to actually solve the issue. Now, there are tangible needs, of course. But it wasn't this. He was looking, he was longing for something greater. And church, I believe that we're in a time in which people are looking and leaning into the greater. There's got to be more than the things that constantly shift around us. There's got to be something else to build my life on. You know, I imagine this man's kind of internal expectation to receive is a lot like our children at the pool. We have a community pool, and every time we go to that pool, my kids come with a great expectation that mama is going to get them an ice cream every single time. Now, mama had to pay for the tickets to get the ice cream ahead of time, which they don't understand fully. But what they understand is that, hey, when I go, I am full of expectation no matter what she says. This man also had been at that gate many times, but yet, yet again, he comes with a spirit of expectation. And it opened the gates, if you will, for receiving from God. My kids do that without even questioning it. They come, they don't even, it's not even a question. It's like, I expect, and I believe that's the posture of this man and the way that he lived. In this moment, he came expecting to receive. You know, it's important also to note that a lot of life happened at this Gate Beautiful. In fact, people got married at the Gate Beautiful in this kind of area of common, we'll call it a marketplace. Uh, business transactions, business deals happened, government officials, business happened there. The king would come and address the people there. It's pretty significant. It was kind of a, a local community marketplace watering hole, much like, like we have today in the marketplace. And so I find it interesting that this miracle doesn't happen inside the temple. It actually happens outside the temple. How many miracles does God want to do in, your, in the places that you live, in the places that I live? In fact, a lot can happen outside the walls of the church, and it should, and it should. God's word goes as far as actually saying that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Do you know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So if the Holy Spirit, Jesus, dwells in us, everywhere we go becomes the king's domain. How exciting and game-changing is that? It's exciting to come into the house of God and worship, but you know what else is really exciting? That we get to carry the presence of God with us everywhere we go. And we can carry a spirit of expectation for the miraculous in our everyday life, in the marketplace of our life. When you go to the gym, when you go to the store, when you go here and there, when you go get gas, when you drop off the dry cleaning. Can I just tell you, miracle, you, know, you may not have encounters all the time, but the one time that you do, it's, it's having an awareness of the presence of God and how he wants to partner with us as his ambassadors for his kingdom. And again, what is the kingdom? It's the king's domain. If he lives in us, and my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, then guess what? The king lives with me. And so wherever I go, it becomes the king's domain because I'm in it. Church, this is exciting. This is game-changing uh, thought processes here because this means that God can show up in your everyday lives, in the miracle of the marketplace, everywhere you are. In fact, Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, but at, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. 
you know, I had two encounters just this week. It's pretty, pretty, uh, just in the marketplace of my life, right? Of just going and doing the things that I do. And this particular day, I was, um, I was visiting a friend, and I just went to use her restroom, and all of a sudden. I just felt this, this prompting to, to, I needed to pray for her. And I thought, well, you know, we haven't seen each other in a long time. Like, I don't want to be that person uh, that just comes right out the gate. And before I knew, I mean, I'm having an argument with the Lord. Like, is it time? Is this appropriate? All of a sudden, I literally, I just come out. I don't even think about it anymore. I'm like, Christina, stop reasoning and just believe. Believe that you heard the voice of the Lord. And how do you know? Give yourself a quick litmus test. Listen, the devil's not going to tell you to pray for somebody. Uh, the devil's not going to tell you to be generous. Um, it's real easy to discern that. Uh, was it me or was it God? Let me tell you, I was in the bathroom. I was not thinking about praying for my friend. So I went ahead and just said, you know what, reason, thank you very much. You brought me to this point. Now my faith and my belief is going to kick in. I'm going to walk out and I'm going to be obedient. Do you know, before I knew what I was doing, I was hugging and praying for her. And in that moment, I just felt like the peace and the presence of the Lord. And it was like, yes, so do you always know on the other side what that hug meant or what that prayer meant? No. But can I tell you, you could have been the miracle that person needed that day to know. They needed the hug and the love of God the way that, that only God could give because he spoke to you and you obeyed. Had another situation just, just this week when I was at my mailbox. I don't typically stand at the mailbox and wait for my mailman. But this particular day, I had a baby on my hip. I'm walking to go grab the mail. I have things to do, places to be. And I just... I just paused. I fell in my spirit. Man, you're supposed to talk to this to your mailman today. So I paused and I waited and I actually took the mail versus letting him put it in my mailbox. We had a conversation. We ended up praying together at the mailbox, right? At the marketplace, at the gate beautiful of your lives. Wherever you go is the king's domain. Let that sink in, church. Deuteronomy 31, 8. You may be saying, well, Christina, that's a little scary. Well, yeah. But let this be your strength. The Lord himself goes before you and you will, and, and will be with you. That's a promise. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Those that put their hope in the Lord and do it in Jesus' name, you can rest assured that you will not be ashamed. When you go into work tomorrow, God is with you. When you wake up those kids... Get them breakfast and tell them, yes, you do have to brush your teeth today. God is with you. He is with you. Hey, parent, when you're, when you're juggling all the things that you're doing this summer with no real consistent care, guess what? God is with you. He can reorder your day if you'll just be aware. When you go to school, when you take that class, when you step out to get that certification and you're nervous, guess what? God has gone with you. Following Jesus is not a religious activity, church. It's not a check the box. I'm going to go a couple times a year because it's culturally the thing to do. No, this is a commitment to allow God into every area of your life 24-7. We are ambassadors. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God who carry hope. We're imperfect people. We're imperfect vessels. But we have the hope of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Belief, faith, expectation, they're all really critical ingredients. In fact, you know, this is what God says about faith. You don't need a lot of it, just like you don't need a lot of salt. If you put too much salt in something, which I have done in my early years of baking, I accidentally put salt instead of sugar into an apple pie, and then I was not invited to cook the Thanksgiving uh, apple pie any longer. Um, so you don't want to get those mixed up. But salt 
is actually just a, just a smidgen goes a long way. It's like it gives it the flavor that it needs. And that is like a mustard seed of faith. That's all God's looking for here. It's like a granule of salt. He says, Matthew 17, 20. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. He's talking to his disciples. I tell you the truth. If you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible for you. It is an easy verse to quote. It is a difficult, uh, <laughs> a difficult scripture to walk out, church. But this is where we begin to see the mountains moved in our life. But it starts with belief and taking these little steps of faith with just a mustard seed of faith. That's all it takes. So here's my challenge for you this week. Are you living and walking in faith as if your life is the beautiful gate? You are the beautiful gate. You're a bridge to God into the, the world around you. You carry hope as an ambassador of Christ. There's an expectation when you walk into the room, anything is possible because the God of the impossible lives in you. Are you expecting to participate in miracles? Or do you not want your schedule to be interrupted? I know, I am a planner. I literally lay out my free time because I need it. I like that, I like structure. Consider this week that God wants to partner you, with you in your everyday life, at the gym, in, in the, uh, you know, at your workplace, in your home, in your community, at your pool. Just be available, be available, which leads us to our second main ingredient uh, for baking, which is uh, to see in faith, to see in faith. I'm gonna call this sugar, it's the good stuff. You gotta be able to see what is not there. It's the evidence of things hoped for. A lot of times we have to see something in the spirit, what I mean by that is you have to see with eyes of faith before you can actually walk it out and see it in the natural. In fact, we see Peter and John perceived and discerned a deeper and greater need in this man. So when they turn around, and they'd probably heard him before, hey, you know, do you have some change? Do you need some money? But this time, they perceived there was a greater and deeper need than this man was asking for. And today was the day that God wanted to partner with Peter and John and encounter this man. In fact, the definition of discernment is nothing more than the ability to decide between truth and error, right and wrong, or to get to the root issue of a problem or a situation. You know, there's a lot of times uh, you, can, you can actually hear the theme of, uh, of something in your life where maybe there's some issues or some challenges, and all of a sudden, maybe the Holy Spirit will kind of reveal, actually, this is the main issue. Maybe it's that you don't trust Him with something. Or maybe the issue is that you're overworking because you don't believe that God will provide, that you don't see him as a provider. And the list could go on and on. That's why discernment is so important. And we are to grow in this gift as believers and followers of Christ because we have to be able to decide, discern the truth from a lie. It's, an, it's critical. This is like basic tools for living out this life of faith. It is the process of making these careful distinctions we'll call discernment, perception. We perceived it. Money couldn't buy the breakthrough this man needed, but that's what he went, that he thought he was asking for. He had a legitimate physical need, and yet God got to the root of the issue, had an encounter with this man, and healed his legs in the process. He's a compassionate God. 
He loves us. He's going after the things. He's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, walking is a, absolutely, it's, it's important, and I want you to walk. But what I want even more is your heart. How many other people around us are trying to fill the needs? And we've filled them ourselves. Definitely tried to fill it a, a few times with things other than God. But how many people around us are trying to fill the God-sized hole on the inside with different things they think that they need? Or maybe you need a bigger house, a bigger car, more money, longer hours, vacation homes. None of those things are wrong. But if we are trying to fill a place that only God Almighty can fill, we will always be in want. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. We see that Peter knew what he had to give away. Peter understood that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lived in him, and he was on mission to give it away. He knew that he had to share the good news. Peter had faith that God could heal this man. He saw it. He perceived it by faith. Now, the man was still lame when he saw it, but he saw with the eyes of faith what God wanted to do in this man's life. Belief and faith actually open our eyes to be able to begin to walk towards something, the evidence of things hoped for, not yet seen. And I wonder how often we walk around as sons and daughters and we miss these opportunities to see and perceive. I want you, I want you this summer, practice. Practice looking and seeing and asking God to reveal with eyes of faith so that you can begin to see the world around you a little differently. God needs you to take, get a glimpse of what he sees in people and in situations and circumstances because there, there is often naturally a negative view on the current circumstances because that's just, that's it. We see the circumstances versus what God sees and what it could be. And as people of faith, we are to grab hold of what can be in Jesus' name. God's given us many gifts to unwrap that's going to help us along the way, the spiritual gifts. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To, op to one there is given the spirit of a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. By that one spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, that discernment, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of those tongues. Church, do you know the gifts of God that you are uniquely carrying and wired to operate in? Do you know why you carry them? To build up not only the body of Christ, but call things forth in others. Do you believe that God really wants to partner with you to do great exploits? Do you believe that the same power that, Christ, that, that raised Christ from the dead actually lives in you? Not back then, now, for your current circumstances, for your current situations. God, help our unbelief as disciples. Help us to grow up into you. Have you taken time to discover your spiritual gifts? We spend a lot of time figuring out, you know, doing education, and all those things are really important. In fact, we value, highly value education. But there is also an education that we need to begin to unpack. God, who have you 
created me to be and what are my spiritual gifts and opening my eyes of faith in a way that I can walk differently and talk differently and see the world differently and be a part of the solution. In fact, if you haven't taken your next step to even take that spiritual assessment, I'd encourage you to mark your calendars for 7-17. July 17th will be our next, next steps. We actually do have you take the spiritual gifts assessment. Of course, uh, we always combine that with personality set. Basically, how did God wire you? Um, and what are, the, what are the spiritual gifts? What are, how, what are the personality gifts? What are the things that God has given you so that you can be a gift to the world? In fact, during the winter, I was riding in the car with my husband who loves 60 five to 67 degrees four seasons a year which I do not um, we're riding in the car mind you my car I am freezing but he's driving and so there's kind of this rule in the Burroughs household that if you're driving you get to control the AC unit or the airflow and so of course he's driving my car and so he just reaches over and he hits the like the seat warmer button on my car and I have this aha moment now you may think less of me um, but I do normally carry three kids talking to me in the car at all times, so my brain is very active all the time. And he reaches over and he hits the seat warmers, and I'm like, what? I've been driving this car for years and didn't know that I had the functionality not to suffer under your freezing AC uh, temperatures, that I could just warm my body with a push of a button. And, 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 and church, it's funny, but that is how we walk around as believers often. Uh, not discovering the functionality, the gifts, the, the, the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit, given spiritual gifts and, and, and motivational gifts and all the things that he's given us. We walk around blindly not knowing that these were actually given to help us along the way in this journey. Oftentimes we don't bother to read the manual. We don't bother to, to really understand the full functionality of who God has called us to be to the world around us. So I have a challenge for you. This summer, make an effort to not only know your spiritual gifts and desire to grow in those gifts, but to be able to see the world around you from God's perspective, to be able to see the potential of God in people, to see with eyes of faith. Lastly, we see that Peter and John practically helped the man up, and that's going to lead to our third ingredient, which is, there's a lot more ingredients as well. Of course, you need butter and eggs and all these things, but these are the main core ones that you need to have on hand in your pantry with a baker in the house, is baking powder. Now, I chose baking powder because I'm going to call this third ingredient to miracles as is act in faith. Why? Because this is an activator agent, uh, ingredient in your baking that actually serves as leaven, uh, leaven leavening agent that actually cause, causes whatever you're baking to rise. And while the Holy Spirit does that in us, we have to activate that faith. It's not enough just to believe or to see, we actually have to act. We have to actually put some practical handles around our faith. In fact, in verse seven and eight, he says, taking him by the right hand, Peter helped him up, and at once the man's feet and ankles were strong. So we see that Peter, not only did he know, yeah, God healed him, but then he gave him a hand and he helped, he hand up, he helped him up. Um, and we must first believe that, number one, yes, God is a miracle-working God, and yes, we need to be able to believe it, see it, but then we have to be willing to put our hand out to help people take a next step. And in this case, Peter helps the man up. James 2, 17 and 19 says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Essentially, it's not enough just to believe it. That belief has to be transformed on the inside of us, and it has to lead to action. We participate every day in little miracles all the time that we take for granted because they're so natural to us. We have gifts given by God that oftentimes we don't even see as miracles. We could be the answer to someone else's prayer. So they're not always these big moments where like a man gets healed and his legs are strengthened and he can walk. Those happen. But more often, there's also the little miracles that we don't even notice. In fact, doctors, nurses, medical professionals, every day you partner with God, yes, with your mind, but in faith with what God has given you and you help people be healed and walk. In fact, I don't share this story very often, but uh, I was, as I was studying for this message, I was reminded of a time when I was about nine years old, nine or ten years old, I was diagnosed with Rise Syndrome, and I don't believe that I've shared this with our church family, but this particular disease is, um, is very rare. Like in 1988, there were only like 20 cases. So we just didn't know a lot about it. But essentially, um, I, it's a swelling of the brain uh, as well as the liver functions. It kind of almost, there's, it's like almost poisoned. And uh, I was nine or 10 years old on vacation with my dad and, um, and my stepmom. And you know, like we, I just got sick. Um, and so they ended up taking me to the emergency room. Well, what I didn't know, my dad reminded me of this, is um, he had called the doctor and the nurses and they were like, hey, just let her, you know, let her, let her rest. And if she's still not better, bring her in the morning. Well, my, they, they did not feel comfortable with that. In fact, in the, there was like a, like a quickening in their spirit. No, she needs to go now. I thank God for that. They got me there just in time. The doctor did say, hey, if you hadn't gotten her here, she would not be here in the morning. And so, you know, the, the doctors did their best. But at the end of the day, there's no cure. And they gave me 24 hours to, to come out of it. Or they said to start planning my funeral. Really so- sobering. Um, but my dad had actually stopped by our church. <laughs> uh, we had limited visitors and... He had stopped by uh, the church on the way home. They wanted to run tests and things. And, um, you know, they were doing tests, but they were taking some extreme measures um, in faith that I wouldn't make it. And my parents were like, no, that's not, not going to happen on my watch. Uh, we serve a God who can do the miraculous. And so what they did is they, they, they prayed. They decided to wait and not run these tests in faith of the opposite direction. Um, and what happened is I came out of it. They stopped. Actually, there was a prayer meeting happening that night. There was a literal, like, intercessory team praying. And the next morning, I was eating breakfast as if nothing had happened. Now, not only did the doctors and nurses do the right thing, they treated the symptoms, they, they acted in these miraculous ways, they used their mind, they used their talents, they used their gifts. But in this particular case, there was an intervention of God. And I stand before you because there was, I am a, a miracle. <laughs> and there are many of you, same way, you have different stories um, that you shouldn't be here, but God. We become the living testimonies of God in the earth and we testify to give him glory that God does in he does come in these moments and gives us glimpses of heaven 
You know, after we do things in Jesus' name, whatever you do, whether you're a medical professional, whether you're a businesswoman, businessman, all the things, the teachers, everything you do, do it with the, for the glory of God, and it becomes everyday miracles. And every once in a while, when we've done everything that we can do, heaven invades earth in what we call miracles and signs and wonders. It's a reminder that he is God, and we are not. He is infinite, and we are not. You know, we made baskets on a very practical level for Mother's Day uh, for, with Metro Care Assist Pregnancy Center. And, you know, we made them in faith. We made them in faith to bless some mothers. And I've been getting emails all week <laughs> and, um, you know, from, from people that, women that we don't even know. And these women say, hey, you, thank you. Thank you for your support. They're thinking both the organization that supports them to, to carry out life and to have these babies, even if they don't have the practical and natural support they, 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 they think they should have. We come alongside of these organizations in a practical way. We put a hand up and we help people. And by doing that, we give them the hug of God. And it's making a difference. On the other side of that is the miracle that that mother was praying for. God, send me, some, send me a sign. Send me support. I love seeing that the entire community, when this man was leaping in joy, he was so joy-filled that he'd been healed, he's, it, everybody else was in amazement. Why? Became, because he became a living testimony of the goodness and the glory of God. God is in the business of doing that. He did it, he did it a lot. Jesus actually did it in John 11. He healed the man, Lazarus, who, you know, his sister was like, why didn't you come, Lord? You could have healed him before he died. And yet... Jesus comes on the scene with a crowd of onlookers, and Lazarus becomes a living testimony. We see in John 2, Jesus made, uh, you know, first miracle ever. He turned water into wine, but not until the wine ran out. I'm sure it was the talk of the evening. Where did this amazing best for last kind of wine come from? A living testimony. It's the miraculous. It's to bless the community. You know, when we planted Catalyst Church, we needed $30,000. Uh, we were short $30,000 to purchase some sound equipment that you benefit even today in your living room from um, that we didn't have. We had a countdown to launch, and some of the launch team uh, members who were in the intricate details of that remember. Um, but we were sweating in the natural. God, if you don't come through, we've done a lot of planning. We've done this whole thing by faith. God, where are you now? You see what we need. But God provided through a particular person acting in faith with his gift of generosity in such a way that not only did it, it paid for everything that we needed, um, but, you know, it became a living testimony. You, Catalyst Church, are the living testimony of the bit of, he saw in faith what Catalyst Church, the impact Catalyst Church could make, he sowed in faith. He acted in faith, and then we saw the evidence of things believed for and hoped for. And I thank God for that man because he was the miracle that we were praying for. This year, many people have been impacted and given their heart to, to, to the Lord. This year, because of your faithful and consistent generosity in faith. Dream Team, you've served in faith. You served during, you know, the pandemic, the teams behind the scenes, making sure that we could bring Catalyst at home to your heart during a dark season. Thank you. Thank you. Because you saw with the eyes of faith 
that people needed to hear the hope of Jesus, the hope that there's a God that sees us in our need and will make a way to our homes. Maybe you've seen it in your own life. And God has done miracles in your life. As he has done mine, it is time to be a living testimony of the goodness of God. Tell a friend. I'm going to encourage you. When God prompts you, share your stories. You are the living testimony. As a church, I mentioned we're doing Serve Day together, our third uh, annual third, third day this year. So we do three a year. This is kind of our summer Serve Day on July 16th. Sign up. Bring a friend, bring your group, bring your neighborhood. Let's be, let's partner with God to do, to act in faith. That this is going to bring the hope and love of Jesus through meeting practical needs with many amazing partners in the DMV and the, the, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia, this whole region. We are going to be able to show the love of Jesus in tangible ways. You get to be a part of that. You know, 1 Peter 4 we're encouraged to continue to be good stewards of God's varied grace. To stretch this baking analogy as far as it can absolutely go, you do need butter. You know, butter does make the good things like even better, of course, and gives it flavor much like these gifts do. First Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen, church. I want to challenge you this week. Look for opportunities to partner with God and be active. Have an active faith so that you can be a conduit for miracles. Decide in your heart to be a part of our church family serve day on July 16th. And I want you to think about what does it look like if you are this ingredient to, to have a life that is primed to walk, right? The signs, miracles, and wonders will, will follow those who believe. You're a believer. Believe in faith. See in faith. And finally, act in faith as the Holy Spirit leads you. Church, we never want to end a service, whether we're in person or online, without giving uh, you an opportunity to respond. And so for some of you, that response is, wow, I didn't know that there was a God who loves me so much. And I didn't know that there was hope beyond today and beyond what this world can offer. And I want to give you an opportunity in just a moment to make that decision today. And we want to know. You can fill out the connection card. There's a link in the chat box. We would love to know because we want to walk with you and talk with you. We don't want to just, you make a decision and you're out on your own. No, you're, you're, you're coming into the family of God. We have, you know, if courses are your thing, we have a course in the fall that you can take on the foundations of your faith. We have, uh, we want to come alongside of you. We have baptisms coming up. That's going to be a next step for making the decision. But let's just take a moment right now. If that's you, wherever you're at, whether you're in a hotel room, your home, uh, in the gym listening, wherever you're at, I just want you to take a moment. Don't miss this opportunity and just pray with everything in your heart.